Hello everybody and welcome back to the Land of Vienna Suite podcast episode 121. My name is Will Jones and joining me tonight as ever it's Mr Chris Manning. Hello Chris. Evening Will, how are you doing? I'm very good thank you, very good. A little bit sceptical about, about the current situation we're in but uh, as good as it can be. Also joining us tonight as a special guest is Mark Howells. Hello Mark. Hi Will, uh, hi Chris again. <laughs> Great to have you on tonight. Too much here to be honest, boys. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm too much as well. <laughs> not working for me. <laughs> also on tonight is four four twos, Mr. Chris Flanagan. Hello, Chris. Hi guys, you okay? Brilliant, thank you. Obviously, we're gonna have to separate the two of you. We've been uh, two Chris's, but I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to differentiate between the two. But uh, nevertheless, great to have you on. Good luck, yeah. Good luck with that. So, flipping heck, where are we up to? It has been a while since we've last spoken, and as ever, about a million things have changed. I don't think it's necessarily appropriate to go through them chronologically as usual. Uh, so I think we'll just jump straight in at the deep end, to be honest with you, folks. Um, we're currently recording this the night before what could what could spell the end of the end of Bolton One, just quite sadly, um, without being too pessimistic. Obviously, we're facing an EFL deadline to uh, to remain in the league, which is Tuesday, speed tomorrow at uh, five o'clock, and then potentially liquidation beginning as a result of that on Wednesday uh, morning. Go to Chris Manning first. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I, I I think I saw a post off Mark a couple of weeks ago, maybe slightly less than that, to say that it, enough's enough now. Time's time. All, all the fanning around has got to stop, and, and if these statements are what's needed to make people pull the fingers out and, and realise that they can't just carry on, you know, with no deadline in mind. And then, fine, I'm all, all for it. I'm absolutely convinced that things will work out, whether it's the, a last-minute 11th-hour job or not. You know, that, that may well be the way it goes. But I'm not sitting here tonight particularly concerned that they're going to go out of business. I appreciate that's a threat and the wording of the statement from our mate Appleton was such. But, no, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively... Uh, Relatively kind of sanguine about the whole thing. Well, I'm, I'm, it's important to keep a level head, and you know me. Good stuff. Never, uh, never a knee-jerk reaction to anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're calm because I'm not. <laughs> Mark, are you any more optimistic, pessimistic about things? Um, I'm not. I'm not far off where Chris is. To be honest, I mean, it's it. Very clearly, there is the threat there. You know, it, it could happen. The, the the bottom line is they haven't got enough money mm-hmm. to. Well, they've got wages at the end of the month. Uh, sorry, at the end, at the end of the week, rather. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of costs involved in running the club, and they've run dry. They didn't think it was going to go on this long. Who you blame for that? I, you know, we could sit here all night and point fingers and say who's who's to blame for it. I think once everything is done and dusted, that will make a, an interesting podcast to sit here and, and list every single one person in this in this whole thing and say what they should have done. But right now, all we need to do is to get either. Ken Anderson and, and Eddie's lot to agree, um, or we need somebody to come in and you know all these all these supposedly uh, rich people that are looking in and looking at buying the hotel. We need them to do something about it. That's that's what it boils down to. Absolutely, it's a great summary of, of what is in effect the, the top and bottom line of things. Chris Flanagan, how are you feeling? Um, certainly, a lot more worried after reading today's statement. I, mean, I, I tend to agree that I think it's still more likely than not that it will get sorted. But the, the fact that it's still relying on the fact that Ken Anderson needs to do something, that that's the thing that worries me. Because mm-hmm. we're in that situation for months and months now where various things have been reliant on Ken doing stuff and he hasn't done them. Um, so it's just hoping that this time he finally agrees whatever he needs to agree. But, you know, there's always that chance that... Things could uh, things could go awry with with Ken, unfortunately. Absolutely, thoughts alike in terms of where I'm I'm concerned as well. You know, slightly, uh, you know, sceptical about the fact that we're still relying on, on Ken in this uh, such late stage and and rather scary stage as well. Um, doesn't exactly make for for pleasant reading, should we say? But uh, yeah, it, it's been quite tense, I guess, the last sort of twenty four hours or so. Obviously, waking up, well, me waking up at half past eleven because I'm a lazy student. Um, unexpectedly to this news, it was just quite a, a shock. Obviously, we're well aware of the deadline, but you know, to, to have such a threat on our hands um, as a result of that came as a, a shock to me. I'm not sure whether it, it might have done that as much to, to you fellas, but um, I, I mean, do you, do you think the threat's warranted? Do you think it's it, it's the right 
the course of action. I mean, I'm, obviously, it's a little bit strong. I'm guessing for, it, for where everyone's concerned, but I'm sure it, it's sort of the guidelines that the AFL have to follow. I guess. Um, Chris Manning, what, what what do you make of it? Uh, yeah, I, again, just just arguing back to what I said before. I mean, even bringing out any sort of like wishy washy statements at this point, it's just not going to get not going to focus minds it's not going to not going to really do anything is it because they've obviously feel like they've been deceived in the past with the number of promises that they've been made promises that haven't been followed through and acted upon you know that the time for pet for pissing about is now over um i mean i was thinking about this earlier on if you're looking at it almost objectively we're taking away your bolton wanderers found them out of the matter you'd almost think that they were they were heading deliberately towards liquidation because the, the processes that they followed and the time it's taken seemingly uh, to get everything sorted it's just bizarre how it's taken so long you know we're getting to the point where we've we're told that all it needs is a signature well anyone that's bought a house before knows what solicitors can be like to obtain a signature but this is this is ten thousand levels above that and the fact that it just seems to be such a minute point that it's stuck on and now the whole thing's collapsed i just think it's completely reflected in the wording of appleton's statement two statements today you know time's time now focus the minds and get it done Otherwise, I think the only thing that we can look forward to is is having nothing to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's rather concerning, isn't it? Um, Mark, any any further thoughts on that? It's just surreal, isn't it? I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, we've we've all been kind of following this, and you know, expecting somewhere along the lines for it all to go click. And and on Friday, well, Thursday, to be honest, um, you know, the staff of the club, uh, you know. Even Phil Parkinson, uh, you know, players, everybody was being told it was done. Everything was fine. You know, we were expecting on Friday the the champagne corks to go. You know, and, and fr- Friday night there was a, a kind of a, 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 a loose kind of an informal statement that said, "Listen, there's, there's been a bit of a discrepancy. One of the, the, the Ken's people weren't available to sign a sign a form, and everybody kind of rolled their eyes and thought, oh, bloody hell, here we go again.' But it was only Saturday." afternoon or just before the game where I started speaking to people around the stadium and it became very clear that this was a major problem and it just it just seems bizarre that with just the one action that one tiny you know refusal to sign a, a form that the whole thing could go crashing to a halt and you know I mean that's been the problem all along hasn't it this this whole structure of football ventures deal just seems so fallible it just seems you know, so delicate that something this this easy can 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 scupper it. Um, you know, you just wonder, you just wonder where you go from here. Absolutely, uh, Mr. Flanagan. Any, uh, any anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with Mark in that. Obviously, it seems that the football ventures um, situation is very delicate. Obviously, we've, we've seen it with kind of players' wages and stuff like that, where they're looking to delay a lot of wages and stuff, and that. You know, even if it goes through, that that's all a little bit concerning as to what you know how this is actually going to going to go. You know, in the next year or two, even even if the takeover goes through, um, that they are trying to put these. I mean, obviously, there may well be very good reasons why they're trying to delay these payments for for wages and stuff. But the fact that, that it's not a an owner, a new owner that's coming in and saying, "Look, we've got all this money here. Have this money. It's all sorted." It's obviously they obviously can't do that for whatever reason. That makes you wonder about how this is kind of go going to go even. Even if it does go through, but I, th- I think the thing is, they had to they had to put this statement out today to focus minds, like you say, one to get it to take up a sort, and two because we can't really have another game like Saturday, where the, the you know the kids are, are doing their absolute best, but it's just got too much for them now, and to have two five nil defeats in a row, we, we can't keep going on like that. Absolutely, I, I think obviously we all thought we were leaving it a little bit late, even in June, and you know we're, we're still here nearly in September and sort of. Well, pretty much none the wiser. You know, we we could be twenty four hours from from a, a whole new start, um, or, or twenty four hours from liquidation. It, it's it's obviously a horrible situation being being so on edge and, and not knowing you know how certain the future is. Um, I I mean I'm sure everyone can can relate to it in terms of how much it's going to impact the community. You know, generally, um, Mr. Manning, how does it impact you personally? You know, how how much of a, a bigger part does Bolton One just play in your life and you know, sort of without it, what what would that mean for you? That's a good question. I mean, I, I had a conversation with a couple of the mate earlier on tonight, and we were both sort of saying, you know, what what would you do? I mean, I can't imagine having to spend every weekend with my missus and kids at home. It'd be <laughs> horrendous. But it, I don't even know what I would do. I mean, I had loads of plans this season. Like my, my little boy started to show an interest in football, so I was going to sort 
the season ticket out next to me, you know, to keep it for for the, the next 80 years or whatever, you know. Um, and all that could possibly be up, up and, and totally out of the window. I think I, I still, I'd still follow some sort of football. I don't think I'd, I'd, I'd get out of it altogether. I, I don't know how I'd feel about a, a, like people call it like a Phoenix AFC Bolton, whatever you call it. I, I don't think I could do that. I think that'd be it. Just wouldn't be the same. I'd, I'd, I'd have to try and take up a take up watching Charlie or Bamber Bridge or someone like that close to me. But mm-hmm. in, in terms of the part it plays in my life, I mean, God, I, I, I like to think it doesn't play as big a part as it did when I was a kid for, for various reasons except for the fact that when I sit down in the course of a day you know we've got our little LOV chat group where we talk about the, the, the website and about football in general and things like that I, I text my mates text my brother you know every, every now and then about the football it, it's massive there's absolutely no way and it'd be like it'd be like a relationship breaking down wouldn't it but one that's obviously mm-hmm. lasted more or less your entire life and I think it'd be an absolute tragedy uh, and I don't know what I'd do with myself quite frankly Absolutely, I think it's a it's a massive part of our lives that we seem to you know acknowledge subconsciously, you know, several times a day, and you know whether or not it's important, whether or not it's just general general thoughts on the matter. I think it's always going to be there in the back of your mind. I mean, as fans, it, it affects you to some extent, but Mark, you know, sort of a, as a profession, I'm sure it's quite a you know a, a worry to you. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> asked me on Twitter earlier, you know, if, if Bolton and Berry were to go, what what would you do? And, I didn't really have a great answer. I mean, you know, it's, I, I suppose I'm still employed by the paper, but if there's no football Absolutely. to write about, why do you need a football writer? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, honestly, I, you know, having kind of got a bit closer with Berry because like, the paper's demanding a little bit more and, and, and whatnot, and with other clubs, sort of monitored the Berry situation a bit closer than they probably will have done in the last couple of months. And, and the fans there, people I knew, um, kind of had this kind of, I wouldn't say blase, but they they were you know, gallows humour going up, you know, maybe a week before things got really really serious and 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 the, you know the expulsion from the league came up and it was only really in those last few days that you sort of saw in people's eyes, so, hang on a minute, this is real, this is actually actually mm. real, and then people started looking within themselves and like, what does the club mean to you? And and you got all these lovely videos of the fans and you know the the tears and everything and it. It, it just it's so ingrained it's it's ridiculous and I think it'd be the same for me and you know Absolutely. I don't sit there profess to being a lifelong Bolton fan or anything it's my profession but mm. I don't know what you'd do without it it's, no, it's sure. just it's just part of my life that's it it is and I'm sure obviously you would never have seen yourself here in, in 10 years time I suppose you know sat there back in, in 2009 but I mean, I'm, I'm sure if things were to go, you know, horrendously uh, badly tomorrow, you know, I'm sure there'd be a, an, an instant response in terms of trying to set something up, whether it be a Phoenix club that, that Chris seems to be fairly against or whether it's just in some sort of a rejuvenation of the club in, in whatever format that may be or, or required to be. You know, I'm sure that would that'd help the, the community generally. I mean... Chris. I think I think maybe I just interrupt there just for a second, mate. I, 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 just to clarify, I'm completely not against it, and I totally see why people would want to do it. Yeah. But, but all power to them. I just think it's. Just, I only meant from my own point of view. I think I'd find it a bit, a bit. I'd feel a bit disengaged from that. I guess. Yeah. I don't know even know if I can describe it in that way. No. But yeah, no, I, I mean no, those that want to do it. I mean, I, I knew a few people back in the day who started started up with FC United. Fantastic, you know the principles of it and all that sort of thing. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And if you've got people that can devote the time. I guess we've even seen with AFC Wimbledon, haven't we, how that people who support the club can then have a hand in running a club and it can become their full-time job. Um, you know, I hope that that does, if, if, if the worst does happen, that would be just as successful. Absolutely. And Chris uh, Flanagan, obviously you're, you're a writer yourself as, as well. Obviously it's a profession for you, but obviously it's more fan-based, I think, for you, isn't it, as, as much as it's yeah. as a profession, you look at it more from a, a fan perspective. I mean, it's a bit of a crossover for you, isn't it? Really, it's you know, how, how do you think it'd impact you? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't really impact me as a writer, but it would obviously impact me massively as a fan. I mean, it would yeah. be so strange, particularly if it happened at this time of year when you've got you know nine, well, eleven months, I guess it would be until the start of the next season when you could actually start playing football again. Um, I mean, I, I work with a Hereford fan who it, it happened to them a few years back where the club went went bust. They formed a Phoenix club. And he said to me, well, to be honest, even though it technically isn't the same club, they're playing the same stadium. And as soon as they started playing football again, it felt exactly like just you know going watch, watching the club they'd always watched. Um, and in a lower league, obviously, they went down quite a few leagues. And it, he said it was actually quite fun kind of going on to these new grounds and stuff. But at the same time, obviously, you know, 
Although it'd be a novelty, we obviously don't want that to happen. You know, it's, uh, we want to want to try and avoid that situation at all costs at this point, and and try and rebuild from well, at the worst, League Two next season, and you know, mm-hmm. League One at the moment. But uh, yeah, to, to to the thought of going out of the league completely and forming a Phoenix club, you know, it's if it's already a long way back, it's a long, long, long way back if you if you go out of business now. I was going to say, obviously, the, the older generation will, will remember it was dropping down the leagues right down to the to the second division at the time, and obviously that was a, a really low point for the club. And I don't think, even compared to that, this is this is obviously a million times worse with it with it just being out of business completely. And and obviously, I, I understand the, the the split in in a way, you know, in in the the, the thoughts regarding a Phoenix club and and how it can you know perhaps affect your your loyalty to that or how. How much you can invest into that, whether it's your your time, your money, your passion, whatever that may be, I, I think it's always difficult trying to figure out where you're going to restart with that. And of course, we've heard the the rumours as to whether or not you know you'd be able to regain a an AFL membership, whether you start completely from scratch, whether it's from League Two. I mean, I, I spoke to a, a friend about this earlier, and I just thought, well, really, on the basis of of, of why we're going out of the league. You know, do you think we really deserve a, a, a renewed EFL membership? You know, with it even as with us being league founders, should we be? You know, is it deserved that we should start from scratch, or or do you think we should we should be popped back in straight at League Two level? I've got to Chris Martin first on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we a Bolton fan head on. You'd, you'd want to be treated as such, but if you fall foul of the rules and you you know you, you're penalised as such, I guess you don't deserve to be, do you? It's not fair mm-hmm. on necessarily fair on other clubs that do abide by the rules and do their best to, to remain solvent. So no, uh, it, it's it's a tough one to, to consider, but I think if we were to be penalised in that respect, we've got to be penalised to the fullest extent, haven't we? I know the, the parallels with other clubs like Rangers and so on, it, it, it's not it's not the same. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I don't think you can treat us any any different. You, you've got to go down and, and, and choose then to, to start again, reapply or, or not. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Mark, what, what, what do you think on that? I mean, I, I, I think the AFL are a, a sucker for a regulation and, and having seen them troll out all the regulations on um, <clears throat> expunging records and, 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 and withdrawing membership with Berry, I think they would just follow exactly the same path, really. Mm. Um, I don't think there'd be any uh, any option to, to appeal particularly, no. um, not this season at least. Um I mean, it's it's uncharted territory, isn't it? I mean, we haven't really seen anything since uh, was it uh, Maidstone and Aldershot in '92 when mm. they went completely bump, um, and you know, and that to, to drop in mid-season. I'm talking so, and then that was that was a different era and a different kind of you know football league EFL. Um, so I I, I I I genuinely don't know. I mean, it, it just seems absolutely bizarre we're sat here talking about to to be completely honest. Mm. I mean, I do think in my heart hearts it won't go that far, but. Good grief! It's, it's it's a horrible discussion to have. It's a scary prospects, isn't it? Certainly, and, and you know, n- not being completely clear as to, as to whether or not we'd be entitled to that, or whether or whether we even deserve that is is another mm. thing completely. But I mean, Mark, can I ask, well, well, sorry, mate. Can I ask Mark a quick question? Of course, come. Um, on the topic of the, the the delay on Friday to Saturday morning, this topic, this this conversation is believed to be with with Ken um, changing the goalposts. Do you know if it's to do with him? Demanding any more money or, or money in a slightly different payment plan or whatever? Are you able to shed any more light on that because it just seems really vague at this minute in time? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm led to believe there is a there is a, a slight financial aspect to it, but it's not it's not entirely down to money. It's it's also about liability. I mean, a lot of these delays and a lot of the the, the problems they've had in this agreeing this takeover has been basically securing their position not just now but also in the future mm. um you know the, i think everybody is watching their own ass basically is the is the bottom line um and, and no more so than ken so um i think ken asked for a certain concession to be made and i think the eddie davis trust said no we i think we've already made enough concessions and that's where the impasse derived from really but uh, i mean we've got to be quite careful with how much detail does go out there because it is mm. it, supposed to be behind closed doors you know this isn't mm. supposed to be something discussed on a podcast in, in fairness but uh yeah i mean that's that's where i think the the, the, the argument lies 
Okay. Cheers. Just before I come to uh, Chris F, um, I was just going to say, Mark, with the liquidation process, I'm not sure if you're any more, you know, clued up on this or not. But obviously, there's a bit of like a notice in, in, involved with the uh, the expulsion from the league. But again, do you have any idea on how quick the the liquidation process is, and if there's even an uh, an appeal process within that? I mean, I'm I'm learning as we go along, but I think that the the, the notice withdrawal of the Football League give becomes mm. just completely moot, really, if if the club is also then just going to liquidate because yes. there won't be any club playing any more games. No, of course, yeah. You know, it will it will happen as quickly as you know the liquidators can start selling off assets, and I mean the first thing that happens is everybody loses their job, which is the most terrifying thought I can I can possibly imagine at the moment. Of course, it is. you know these people have, have, have clung onto this job; they've worked for for nothing in times mm. of, of real hardship, and and yet they're going to get rewarded with. Um, you know, to, to lose the job, which, you know, it, it just saddens me so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've you've really got a feel for the staff in this time, you know, the the the, the utmost, you know, the, the direct, um, you know, recipients of this, and it, it's it's just absolutely shocking the way that they've been treated throughout this, so uh, I can only hope that it gets it gets sorted out, you know, before it, it becomes even worse for them. But, uh, yeah, I just, again, only hope that it, that it doesn't happen. But, uh, Chris Flanagan, any, any thoughts on that? Uh, well, just to come back to the whether you know the, whether we stay in the football league situation. Yes. My understanding was with Hereford now. Obviously, it might be slightly different. Was that they, when they went bust, they were, they had to be relegated a minimum of two two leagues by how the rules works. Now mm. I can say well, that's different because they're in the conference rather than obviously we're in League One. Um, but I, I guess if that is the regulation, then we're looking at conference at best. Um, but obviously, like I say, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't come to that, and you know we're not in that situation. But yeah, I think I think it'd be yeah. going into the conference at, at, at the at the very best next season. I mean, talking of leagues, obviously the the AFL have been mentioned massively in this as, as to whether they're to blame, what the integrity is in terms of their organisation, their leagues, blah blah blah. I mean, we've sort of heard their their sort of predicament, their predictory plans of, of what the league's going to look like without them. Obviously, they may now suffer from from being without another. I mean, obviously, this is going to have a knock-on effect to, to the leagues pretty much all the way down the uh, down the pyramid. But I mean, it, could you imagine sort of what might happen with that? Obviously, it, it's not really much to much of our interest. But I imagine that there'll be some sort of an implementation where you know less clubs may go down, some may some more may come up. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how, how they play it, and it's obviously going to going to really affect things there. Chris, I think they've already said, haven't they? I think they've already, they've already clarified that, yeah, there'll be three teams going down. I thought that was only with Derry, though, wasn't it? It'll just balance itself out over the next 12 months. Yeah, OK, yeah, that's not too bad, um, I guess. But yeah, what are your thoughts in, in general on the AFL without saying anything too, uh, too liable? <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, I'll... I'll it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like Mark said, they've obviously been a stickler for regulation. They've gone through the change themselves with with Harvey leaving and, and Debbie Jevons coming in and you just got to uh, just judge an organization by its actions and, and unfortunately they've proven to be less than less than competent I mean granted the clubs are, are culpable to an extent as well um, but I, I don't think the league come out of this very or bolting with any any real credit or any sort of credibility with fans yeah I mean Mark I'm expecting minimal input on this from your perspective on the AFL I mean if you want to make a comment you're more than more than welcome to but if not then I completely appreciate that but no that, yeah the, the, yeah Chris is right the AFL are culpable there's, there's no question you, you look at Sean Harvey last season you know he, he, he stood behind Ken if, if that's a, the right phrase he certainly stood up stuck up for it um i mean we're talking about a club that was in special measures until we would get led to believe august 2018 so the efl had some degree of power over what bolton were doing and you know were keeping a supposedly close eye on what things were happening so in that short space of time things have gone completely awry and you know the it, it stands to reason Ken Anderson passed their fit and proper person's test. They let that guy through the door, full stop. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's the same you know, situation if, with Steve Dale as well, around, isn't it? He did, he, if they can turn around and say it wasn't his fault, then you know I'd love to listen to that conversation. <laughs> I really yeah, would. Um, you know, uh, this, it's two pronged because Debbie Jevons is obviously you know she's trying to do a different kind of job now. It's more of a, a, a kind of a makeup and men job. Um, but again, you know, it, it, I, I look at the start of the season, you've got two clubs who are effectively insolvent. Very obviously through the CBA and through the problem they've been having with Steve Dale, Bolton, 
we all know through administration. Now, should either of those clubs started that season? Should they start playing games? Not really. The only reason Bolton are doing it is because apparently the administrators said, oh, we're so close, we're so close, let's play. Now, I, I just don't see why the two different actions were taken because Berry now, let's, I'll keep my fingers crossed and touch wood for him because I want them to, to survive, but they'll have five games in hand and a full first team squad to play with. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Bolton, you know, slept up through the first three games, four games, they're out of the cup. Kids' futures have been put at risk. You know, they've, they've had to abandon the Doncaster game, which, you know, is, is could well kick us up the arse, slits down the line. Mm. All sorts of problems, all because two different decisions were made. And, and it just, you know, they, they are the people in charge. And if they aren't the people in charge, then who the bloody hell are the people <laughs> in charge? You know, uh-huh. should the FA be standing in and saying, well, hang on a second, you, know, you can do things as competition organisers, but we're the people in charge of the game in this country. I was going to say, yeah. horrible. Yeah, I, always I quite, refer, I quite and, enjoyed and, listening and to the, I, reading the Aquinton chairman's comments the other day about how the, the, the games that we've played have affected, uh, well, they have given Ipswich and, and um, Wickham uh, straightforward victory and Tranmere three three uh, points and five goals in the in the goals column, whereas the the teams playing who were due to play Bury, including Ipswich, I think was one of them, haven't. So it just it's just there's so many different levels on which the whole thing is just a complete and utter cock up of uh, of incredible proportions. And I totally agree with Mark. There's no no way on earth that Wanderers should have should have started the season. No way on earth. The whole thing is just an absolute shambles. Absolutely, I always refer back to to two quite infamous uh, things regarding the the AFL, particularly with the, that supporters trust meeting that, that I attended, in which uh, you know so a, a rep from the AFL had said that they they were purely a a, 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 a competition organizer and not a governing body, which uh, took me aback to say it the least. And then, of course, the the very famous quote from from Sean Harvey saying that bottom one just fans will have Ken Anderson to thank in years to come. I do love referring back to that because my oh my is that uh, is that quite relevant right now and 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 how opposing that is to to our current situation. Um, Chris, finally, got any thoughts on the NFL at all? Yeah, well, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go um, for it. I mean, the the, the first thing. You- to say is I, I don't necessarily uh, blame Debbie Jevons. I think she's been left picking up a mess here and it's there's probably not a great deal she could do to instantly resolve this situation. And the other thing to mention is the one the one small thing the AFL have done is they didn't clear Bassini to take over in May. Now, in the end, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But obviously at the time that seemed good and hopefully it still might talk, turn out to be good that they could have cleared him at that point and didn't. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I think it's overwhelmingly they've overwhelmingly messed up. I mean, basically the the fast we're in with League One now with Bolton Berry, even even Coventry, is that that is Sean Harvey's legacy mm-hmm. at the football league now. That he has created this farcical situation where two clubs could go out of the league for the first time since the early nineties because of, like you say, because of how he backed Ken Anderson, insisting he had the funds to. to to keep them going to the end of the season. Um, even I think even during the summer as his passing shot at the EFL, he kind of said that uh, all fans fans shouldn't be shouldn't shouldn't be so critical of their owners and this is how these things happen. Well, I'm not sure you should be blaming the fans in these situations, to be honest. I don't think the fans are, are the cause of this. The fans the fans just care about their club Absolutely. and want the best of their club. I um, mean, you, you know, even with Harvey, you have just gotta look at how what happened with the Czech Trade Trophy? You know the fact they could never never do a, a League Cup draw for a year without something bizarre happening and something going wrong. It's like it was, it, it's this. You know his his legacy is all of these things. Um, and the thing is as well, obviously we've still got still waiting to find out now about what happens with the Brentford game and the Doncaster game. Now in terms of points deductions, how can the Football League deduct points when this is partly their fault? I know. You know, it's... Uh, what do they do in that situation now? But then also they they have to do something because it's unfair on the rest of the clubs. But it's, if they do something, it's unfair on us because it's their fault. So they've created a, a massive mess that there's no way out of. Exactly, it's like it's almost manipulative the way that they operate. But I'm I'm not going to go any further than that just to prevent myself from getting in trouble there. But I mean, I mean, both of you have, have sort of touched on my next couple of points. Actually, I know Chris, you you briefly mentioned Addy Holt's comments on on the matters. You know, I've, I've been quite a fan of his sort of daily updates, you know, his, his little morning rants before, you know, wishing everyone a good morning. Uh, I, I think he's arguably, you know, someone relatively high up in, in, in football who's spoken sense pretty much all the way through, uh, you know, contrary to, to some fans, you know, opinions. I mean, 
it's great to know that you know you've got someone on side who's completely talking sense and isn't afraid to to be honest about the whole matter. It, it, it's quite encouraging, I think. I, mean, Chris, I completely yeah. completely agree. Yeah, he's uh, he's obviously frustrated like like a lot of people are, but from a different perspective. And I do think that obviously Bolton fans were an incredibly touchy mob. So yeah, we love him until he says something that we don't like. Um, but but he's just one one voice. Um, and I'd be more interested to know what he can do from a. Um, a governance point of view if he's on any sort of football league boards or anything like that or whether they'd even have him on if he's too vocal too outspoken I don't know um, but yeah I mean the more the more people in the game that can speak sense the, the better it's just a shame there only ever seems to be one or two and, and, and nobody of any real able to make any real difference to things other than just complaining on Twitter which is ultimately is a bit pointless I know absolutely Mark I don't know if you're you know in contact with, with Andy at all or if you know him even I what you made of his comments on it all. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to Andy a couple of times in the, the course of uh, operating on this patch and, and keeping in touch on Twitter as well. Obviously, you know, he's, 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 he talks he talks about sense. I sometimes think probably overextends his reach in, in <laughs> commenting on other clubs. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a. I think Chris said it there about you know if if you're going to do that, I would like to see him do that at board level and um, you know to. to to have these clubs affect some change. And I spoke to Debbie Jevons last week and, you know, we were talking about how the fit and proper person's test or owners and directors test could be changed or, you know, what, you know, how the EFL felt, felt they, they need, whether they needed to tighten up these sort of regulations. And I think she freely admits they need to, to change, yes. but she said to me, it can't change unless the clubs vote it into change. Right. So you need people like Andy Holt or, you know, uh, like-minded people to affect that change uh, because if they just sit there and, and have cocktails in Portugal once every summer <laughs> and, you know nothing's going to nothing's going to change yeah nothing is going to change you need to deflate this massive bubble that seems to have, <laughs> have arose since the parachute payment started and since the, the Premier League just started spouting money to the top end of the championship because pretty soon you know, Bolton and Berry will not be isolated cases. I know it just seems to be, you know, spiraling into to numerous clubs sort of suffering for, from from similar treatment and, and financial difficulties. Well aware of you know Coventry sort of situation as well, and and clubs like Portsmouth and Blackpool who suffered in the past as well. You know, it it just be sad to, to see any any further clubs suffer from it as well. You know, I wouldn't wish it on my on my worst enemy really. Um, Chris, I don't know if you finally going. I'm not sure if you've been following Andy's tweets at all and sort of. Any comment on what you make of them? Yeah, no, no, I've, I've done. He, he, like like uh, people say, he, he talks a lot of sense. I think now whether the AFL would have, have him on the board is a different mark. So I get the impression he's probably made himself unpopular with certain people. The AFL <laughs> over the last couple of years is that's something I think he's made comments to that effect on Twitter. Um, but but uh, no, I mean I, I think the, the thing is as well with all, with the kind of the financial disparities now is the the difference that was noticeable when Bolton came back into the Championship. It was so so much harder to compete then. You needed so much money to even have a chance in the championship. Now, you know, ten years ago, you know, even twenty years ago, when we were in the championship before we got promoted under Big Sam, it was never like that. No. And obviously, we've seen a lot of owners coming in, in the Premier League, and, and then it's it's gone. You know, a lot of the well, virtually all the Premier League clubs now have rich owners. So people, it's, it's like I say, it's, it's the top half of the championship has got, has got the same now because people, you know, people who want to get involved in football are thinking, well, we can't get a Premier League club. We'll go for a championship club with ambition and promotion instead. And it just means that you've probably got, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 clubs in the championship that the other eight just haven't got a prayer of competing with unless you've got a rich owner. No, um, and unfortunately, this is how clubs who don't have a rich owner get into trouble because you, you don't want to be you know, losing every week in the championship, you try and do something about it, mm. uh, and you overextend yourself. Yeah, um, you know, so it's not—it's not exclusive the reason at Bolton, but it's—it's it's certainly a reason why a lot of clubs have got into financial trouble because it's impossible to compete unless you've got a hugely rich owner. Absolutely, and on the topic, you of have to hamstring yourself almost just to stand still. It, it was the same in the Premier League when when we were overpaying for 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 this and for that with you know four million quid for that night and. Six million quid for Cahill, who was an unknown at the time. You know, these are the sort of money, the sort of money that you had to spend, even back then, just to stand still. And, and so, yeah, to, to to experience any kind of progression or success is well and truly beyond our wildest dreams. I should think at the minute. 
Absolutely, and on the talk, topic of owners as well, you know, I, I had this discussion with uh, with Mike at uh, BBC Radio Manchester um, just before I, I had Sport at Six with him. We were talking about how much uh, Premier League clubs should be weighed, and in particular the ones local to us, like Manchester City and Manchester United. There was obviously a, a massive debate as to whether or not we should be accepting handouts, and I think it's gone beyond that stage to the point where it's either you know they step in and save us because it's just an act of generosity, or, or whether they're just not prepared to on whatever basis. I mean, Chris, would you be, you know, do you think it, it's fair to expect that of them, given that they don't really owe us anything, or do you think they should be weighed in it? No, I, I, I don't. I think that um, any sort of precedent that you set by going cap in hand to the Premier League clubs, it, it, I just don't see how that's going to work. I mean, yeah, they, they can all club together and give the, the outgoing chairman a, a five million quid golden farewell, but what would be the right amount for Bolton? What would be the criteria? You know, what, what would mean that, Bolton would get it and say Coventry wouldn't get it. You know, I think it just creates a, a dangerous precedent, one from which there's there's, there's just no answer. Not that I can think of, but it's beyond beyond my comprehension to work out how that would actually work in reality. No, nice I mean, in, in, in theory, yeah, don't get me wrong, but flipping it, can you imagine, say, someone like, say Leeds got promoted, for example, and they became in the Premier League, and then Manchester United got into financial difficulties. Are you expecting Leeds fans and Leeds <laughs> to be happy that they have to bail out someone like Man United? I know it's an extreme example, but... I, uh, yeah, I just don't see how it would work in reality at all. I know. I, I raised a point with a friend earlier on today, again, that you know, City have the likes of Melbourne City and, and New York City, and, and I think Girona as well is one of their sister clubs too. Mm. Um, I think, however, my friend rightly pointed out that, uh, that I don't think it's actually legal to, to own another club in the same country. I might be, be put wrong on that, but um, you know, Mark, I'm not sure if you're sort of up to date on that as to, as to whether you think, you know, we're entitled to, to handouts from those clubs and as to whether it would even be possible I mean no I mean I, I, I do accept that there's an argument that they should increase the solidarity payments from the Premier League as a, as a, um, because you know the, the £100 million I think it is that does come down has been the same for too long and, and you know the, the TV payments have been increased the, the amount of foreign TV payments in, in particular in the Premier League have, have gone up exponentially and yet the the amount of money dribbling down as, as standard payments to the rest of the the pyramid that creates all the players and that creates all the staff does, doesn't really change so yeah I think there's, that can be addressed but the idea of being beholden to any other football club just that's that's horrible you know it, it's it's just it's like the same same sort of thing as putting B teams in the Checker Trade Trophy. It's just the boring. Don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Chris Flanagan, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in terms of them actually physically giving Bolton money, I don't think they, I don't think they'd be even be allowed to do that. But I mean, what they can do is 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 give loan players, which uh, uh, I don't know if. Is, oh, they got a Solskjaer said he would, didn't he? But yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know whether the rule is. is it, Three players maximum from one club. I'm not quite sure what the rule is now, but it's four, yeah. I think. I think oh, it's, it's four from one in, okay, yeah. in the course of one season. Just harking back on my championship manager knowledge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, you go back ten years, and the, the thought of asking Man United for loan players would be, again, not something he'd ever wants to really be in a position to. But we're in that situation now. You know, if, if we got offered loan players and we're physically allowed to sign them, we're going to have to take them. I think because it's it's just getting getting that desperate that any players we can get our hands on then. As long as you know there's not an embargo that prevents us from doing it, then we'd have to do. It. I mean, we still owe that loan from Chelsea as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I was I was down at uh, the stadium when when Bassini was there on Tuesday night. I think it was, and he, even he was saying, you know, it, that the players that he was wanting to bring in would be loan players from basically from West Ham via Sullivan and from from Arsenal. So it, it's the same situation, no matter who the owners are now. We'd have to ask for favours from from Premier League or Championship mm-hmm. clubs in terms of loans. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure as to how much we'd ever be able to get out of them really. And like you say, I think we just have to to get what we're given and, and not necessarily expect anything at the same time either. I mean, Chris, you, you briefly mentioned Bassini there without giving him too much airtime or, or wanting to to sort of bring him back into the picture unnecessarily. Football Ventures, obviously, uh, or sorry, the administrators rather, put out a statement about lunchtime today, insisting that it was only Football Ventures in the in the picture. You know. Perhaps you know, implying that Bassini wasn't you know a, a genuine you know interested party. Um, Chris, are, are, we, are we glad about that? Or do we just think it, it's time that he just did one? <laughs> Is that one for me? Sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> e- either of you, Manning, fine <laughs> again. Either. 
Uh, no, no, Chris, you, you go first. I'll, I'll okay. have my say on that. Yeah, yeah. Go, on, go on then, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's certainly the whole element of Bassini in, in this whole thing has been a complete element of farce in it all. I mean, if it wasn't so serious, it'd be, it'd be you know, he'd be a comedy genius. But uh, unfortunately, it is a serious situation. I mean, you know, the, the whole situation of him turning up by the Lofthouse statue with his big red, red, me- uh, red megaphone. Not the he red hat. He kept forgetting to speak into it and people had to remind him to hold the megaphone to his mouth and stuff like that. And then he, he'd obviously kind of break off to kind of rummage through his paperwork and stuff and try and find the right thing that he's trying to refer to. It's just, the whole thing was just bizarre. Um, when I saw him come up at first, I thought he had a, an upside down traffic cone and he was speaking into that. <laughs> I mean, maybe that'll be next time. Who knows? But yeah, <laughs> I think I think my favourite moment of it all. I mean, he went on for about an hour and a quarter. And my favourite moment of it all was when it was kind of straight out of Phoenix Nights when um, there's a guy just drove past on the, on the dual carriageway behind him, uh, went down his window, just shouted, "Leave us alone, you daft bastards!" and drove off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that couldn't have been more Bolton than the other guy. I was going to say, but, uh, but you know, I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's a serious situation and. and uh, I mean, it seems like from, from everything, like you said, from the administrators, that he, he's not going to—he's not going to find his way back into the club and stuff. And I think that's probably for the best, given you know it's uh, everything that he's done so far has just been ridiculous, really. No, absolutely. I think you know you, you summary it of it being something like a a, a Phoenix Night sketch or a, or an office sketch, even or or even a Partridge mm. sketches, you know, springs to mind particularly. Um, yeah, well, I was looking up at the loft, at the Lofthouse statue sometimes during that speech and thinking, what what would what would he think about this? Know, just, this, this is happening right right next to his statue. It's just, I, I mean, it just wasn't right, really. Just him being in his shadow does doesn't even you know cut it. But anyway, uh, Mark, any thoughts on that? Without you know <laughs> saying anything too uh, too explosive, I think that would have knocked him out. To be truthful. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah. Well, uh, not much but, more needs to be said, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it, I mean, the, the bottom line is that you got there's a very there's a dividing line. It, it has 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 Lawrence Bassini got a case against Ken Anderson for the SPA that they signed? I I suggest he has, and certainly having sat in that courtroom, I think yeah, uh, you can you can, you listen to some of the detail and you think well maybe, but. Having the case on that SPA and then also having the funds to buy a club are totally different. And, you know, the EFL have said no. The administrators, uh, sorry, uh, Ken Anderson said no. Um, and the administrators have said no. Uh, and, and the administrators of the hotel have also said no. So you just, you, you kind of just wonder why why he persists. But I got a text from him earlier. He's going to be releasing a statement to at 10 o'clock apparently so. oh. <laughs> 10 o'clock tonight do you say or tomorrow morning it should be out now it's exactly 10 o'clock as well oh here we go right should we try and get it up if we can uh, nothing as of yet we'll come to it if we do but uh, yeah um, Chris Vanning any thoughts on uh, on our friend Lawrence or well, not friend but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just don't know I, I just think the, the whole thing has just been a farcical completely and from day 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 one to now, I think the thing it reminds me of most is Alan Partridge running through that BBC canteen with the cheese in his hands. <laughs> give me a second series. Give, me, give him a football club. He just won't give it up. Will he? The stuffy self turning up on the on on the on the shadow of the statue, which I think is the ultimate embarrassment. Uh, look, don't get me wrong. The people that have attended and the people that have, have backed him, yeah, you know, fans are desperate. Members of staff at the club are desperate. You know, they, they want to back any horse they think will help them uh, secure their future and secure the future of the club. So I don't, I don't criticise anyone for, for, for going along with him if that's what they feel like suits them best but there is no scenario that I can think of in any way shape or form in which he would be good for the club even if it's some weird and wonderful manner uh, it came to pass uh, it's just not going to happen um, the man doesn't need to be anywhere near Wanderers and, and let him move on to somebody else No absolutely I, I think we can all you know, concur in saying that that hopefully he's nowhere to be seen in, in any future uh, you know, reference with our club, but anyway, I, I think we we sort of covered all the topics I had prepared. But obviously, we, we we've uh, we've been asking for some some questions from Twitter over the last couple of days. We're obviously expecting to record this last night, and unfortunately, that that was down to me. Uh, so apologies for that. I was I was too busy uh, out on the piss with uh, Jason Lowe. No, just, <laughs> just well, I, I couldn't believe I saw him out. It was just I, obviously I, I'm sure you know this morning's news was was news to him as well. But I'd, I'd, I'd spoke to him briefly. You, couldn't quite believe my look that I'd seen him and, and sort of just said so I respect the way that you've handled it and he just said we're trying for you you know and, and 
we're really appreciative of the, of the support you're all giving us. So, and it, it was just a brief passing and, and just said enjoy your night. So that was good to hear from him. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll refer back to mm. the, the Twitter questions. Good for him to him. respect the fact he went on strike twice. <laughs> I, I was just trying to be nice, Chris. I didn't really want to get bottled. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, we'll go to Chris Merrill's uh, good friend of the site says. Uh, if it does go tits up and the worst happens, how quickly do you think a new club could be formed and do you think it would happen? I think we sort of touched on this briefly with the whole uh, Phoenix club subject. I know you said Phoenix Knights then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure we've sort of covered that to some extent. Um, how quickly do you think a club could be formed? I'm not sure what, what the general basis of that is or how quickly we'd be able to be redeemed or, or rejuvenated at all. I'm not sure if anyone's got any idea on that at all. No idea. I, mean, I, I suppose the, the one thing is we, we'd have until next, uh, I suppose at least next June to start. You know, we wouldn't have any football between now and then anyway. So at least mm. it would give us some time to reform a club. It's just the fact there would be no matches until then. Fair enough. Um, Gathering, uh, you know, <laughs> the stadium or you know the assets. I mean, it, you know, it would it would depend entirely on how they, they liquidate the place. I suppose. Um, Absolutely. Because you can have to have the nuts and bolts of somewhere to actually play and. You know that isn't a given. I suppose if, uh, if somebody were to buy the stadium and and not want it as a football ground, I don't know what the covenants are. But no, of course not. Uh, we've got quite a quite an optimistic tweet here. It says, uh, "Who would you want to see if everything goes is fine? Uh, be the manager for next season." I know that the line of Vienna chat had a little bit of a conversation about this the other day. Have we got any uh, running favourites on the basis that everything should be should be all right? Whoever's cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you know, if if there was people that, you know, I mean, Nigel Pearson's sort of been rumoured and stuff like that, I don't know if there's anything, maybe, maybe no truth in that at all, but uh, someone like him certainly, I think, would be would be useful in this situation. Someone with experience and someone with contacts to bring in players. I mean, that, that's going to be the key thing now is recruitment. If, you know, if we get out of this situation, we're going to need to bring in some players pretty quickly so people are going to need the contacts to find those players. Yeah, Um James says, if the deadline passes without a deal, does this mean liquidation or can it still be saved? So I think what he's getting at there is, say we get an extension like Berry have over the last couple of days, do you think that would still mean liquidation for us Wednesday morning or would the extension be taken into account? Do you know, Mark? Well, I mean, it, the liquidation isn't based on anything the EFL are saying or doing. It. That's not right. That's okay. not the reason. So the two aren't it's at, yeah, money. connected. It's yeah. not, they've got no money to continue the administration. Um, right. Or, or, that's how they feel at the very least. So it would be a case of, of, of asking the administrators at that point, is there anything that can be done? You know, would they then seek, I don't know, to do redundancies or would they look to scale down costs some other way? Mm. Um, I, I don't know. So do you think it, if, if it's not conclusive tomorrow, it, it wouldn't affect it anyway? Is that is that what you're saying, basically? No, I'm saying if, I, yeah. if, I, don't, I don't really expect the EFL to issue that work withdrawal of notice to be truthful because yeah. I think... They've clarified the wording of their statement, let's say, today, which said they had the option of doing so, which to me screams out they're probably not going to do so. Um, if they would, it's 14 days. Mm. But within that 14 days, the club hasn't got enough money to run if you're, if you're taking the administrator's statement as, as, as fact. So it, it's pointless. It, it, you can't expel a club that doesn't exist. No, of course. That's very, very true. Um, where are we going to say, where are we going to go to next? Uh, no, that's a good question. Course, well, if you don't mind, of course you can. Yeah. Not, not not being a Twitterer, um, Mark. Um, with Parkinson moving on, do you think there's any more to come out in the wash on the way that the things that he went through and the things that he was forced to put up with, or do you think he'll keep his counsel and uh, we'll maybe find out that at a later date, or you know, I don't know <laughs> if ever. You definitely it will. Strike me as the, yeah, I was going to say I wasn't sure if you if you necessarily initially strike me as the kind of guy that'd be writing a book about it or something, but I didn't know if you knew any better, given you obviously know him a lot better than I do. Well, he, he, he won't be writing his own book, but I might be writing one with, uh, with his help. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you that that will, you know, it will come in, come out in the wash. And I, I think, you know, I've, I've not, I, I, I said to Phil when we spoke, was it Thursday, um, no, Wednesday, wasn't it, that, uh, that we put out the story about him resigning. Uh, and I said, you know, I, you, do, you do the LMA statement and I said, listen, I'll give you a bit of space, let you get your decorating done and such like. And, uh, and I says, I'll give you a bell at a later date. So I, I think, you know, my plan is once this is settled and 
we can have a chat about the whole situation and feel a little bit more comfortable about it, you know, I would like to be able to sit down and, and do that piece with him. Um, but I think to to give it its absolute, you know, A to B to C story, yeah, I think uh, I think I wouldn't mind uh, jotting that <laughs> jotting that down mm. in long form, or, you know, as, as they say nowadays, these uh, these fashionable long reads. Yeah, of course. Uh, we'll go to the next question. I think it was the same James who's just said. Let me get it back up a second. It was. Uh, with all the rumours circulating, do you think the Kamani brothers could come in and offer a last-minute deal, or do you think we'd be on that slightly? I, I, I know that, that it's sort of strictly between sort of the, the solicitors in the minute, but Mark, any thoughts on that at all? It's, it's difficult actually because they they've kind of semi-denied it, haven't they, on on Twitter before mm. now, and I, I don't know as I necessarily believe that hundred percent. And I know they've been sat there at the hotel looking for the hotel. I know they've gone to advanced stage. I know they're one of the final two people and they've said nothing about it. But I have nothing at all to suggest that they're pushing for the club. Nothing at all. And, you know, if, if you're if you're worth a billion pounds, whatever the, the family's worth, this shouldn't be that difficult, surely. Surely, it, you know, the preferred bidder status is completely moot. It's totally... Mm. The, the, the deal has been dragging its heels for God knows how long. If somebody have turned turned, if anybody that has got you know credibility turned up at Bolton Wanderers and said, "Here's twenty five million pounds for the club and the hotel," the deal would be done in nanoseconds. Mm. Nanoseconds, preferred bidder or not, it's got nothing to do with being that status. Bidder. Yeah, yeah, because the, everybody wants the deal done. Nobody wants to be there. No, you know, the administrators have, have pretty much capped their their kind of expenses now they can't they they can't earn any more they've got plenty out of it but they can't earn any more you know there's no more money left in the pot nobody everybody wants out it's just it's just egos holding this up and yeah. you know I, I, if, if the Kamani's um I don't know them particularly well at all I don't know you know I don't really know a great deal about their plans or anything but if they were serious about the club then this should should we shouldn't be sat here having this conversation no of course Go and do it. Yeah. Um, Everybody wants to see that, don't we? <laughs> of course we do. Uh, we, we've, we've had another one, uh, sort of do the rounds on, on Twitter this evening, particularly. Lovell Soccer uh, have, have supposedly waded in. Um, and, and, you know, there's been a bit of a, a story on that. So I'm not sure as, as to how prominent that is, how genuine that is. Um, Chris, man, I know, I know we had a, a brief chat about this in, in the group yeah. chat earlier as to whether or not this had any substance to it. Is there, do you think there's I any never. chance of it? Yeah, I'd never heard of him until an hour ago, mate, so I've got no, no, no idea enough, whatsoever. Yeah. But it does seem a bit weird that a, a sporting clothing company would want to buy the club. It's Granted, Dave Whelan and, uh, and Mike Ashley have had their little fingers in, the, in a couple of football clubs' pies before now. Um, I, yeah, I would be very, very surprised, not only because I'd never heard of the company until about an hour since. Yeah, no, of course. Um, Chris Fonagard, I don't know if you've heard of them at all, Lobel Soccer. Um, I don't uh, know. No, no, it's the same as yeah. the same as, as Chris was saying. Then, no, not, not until I saw it in, on Twitter about an hour ago. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think we'll it's, see, see if anything develops. I, suppose, I mean, but, yeah. I don't know how reliable the source was, but I think someone had sort of half debunked it, saying it is just, you know, the the situation as we knew it sort of this morning. So. I don't know how genuine that is, but uh, just going back over the, the, the Twitter questions we had a couple of days ago, I'm not sure how relevant some of them are, so it just take me a minute to uh, to go through each of them and decide which ones are uh, worth going through still. Uh, da, 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 da. I've heard in the last 24 hours so many conflicts in stories, my main worry is liquidation. We'd just like to know the facts and the truth regarding if there is a takeover or not. I'd love to be able to tell you, Anita, but none of us are any the wiser. No. Uh, <laughs> that, I think that, that sort of thing's nonsense. Look, the, the administrators, uh, you know, they act, unfortunately, whether you like them or not, whether you like them, what they earn or not, they've got to tell the truth in these statements. And if they don't, they can get sued. Yeah, of course. So, you know, they've said today that on Friday there was a deal for the club and the hotel for football ventures. Yeah. <laughs> That's fact. If it's not fact, whoever whoever fancies it, go and make yourself a lot of money because you can go and sue yeah. them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Clough who wrote Lofty who featured on the podcast a couple of weeks ago he said uh, do either of you this is a director to both Mark Ann and Chris Flanagan uh, do either of you get frustrated by the amount of football you're forced to cover after specialising in business administration 
I suspect Mark's had, had uh, more more of that one than myself. But yeah, it must be uh, must have been a, a difficult one in terms of the, not the local paper for that one. Yeah, what's it been like, Mark? Uh, it's been great. I mean, I don't have the luxury of uh, flying to all these far-flung destinations like you planners. <laughs> bloody air miles. Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't yeah. like that at the LET, was it? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. No, <laughs> no. no but no, huge look, respect it, for the job you're doing there, by the way. It's, you know, it's it, you know, it's, it must be massively stressful being being in the middle of this all the time. So yeah, certainly, I'm, I'm relieved I don't have to deal with that 24/7 for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Guys, I, I, it's it's definitely taking its toll. Of, you know, it's uh, it's not it's not it's not nice. It's really not nice. And uh, sure. the sooner the better uh, we can move on and, and just <laughs> uh, stop writing about this nonsense day after day. I mean, you know, ten o'clock and I'm sat here on my bloody phone waiting for a Lawrence Bazzini statement. It's it's not uh, it's not good for your mental health. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I've uh, got another one here. Bear with me a second. I thought that was quite a good one that I just skipped over. Uh, I believe all the administrator has to do is obtain a court order and Anderson is toast and can no longer interfere. So why doesn't the administrator do so? It's not true. It's not true. No. Uh, it, yeah, not the way the not the way the deal is structured. Structured rather um, mm. over the the two administrations for, for football ventures. If in a normal one, I'm led to believe, and this is coming from people that know these things, and not me. In a normal one, yes, you could uh, go go beyond the wishes of one of the creditors, um, but in this case, you can't. It's 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 impossible to to edge him out, as it were. Um, they have already gone to court. The um, hotel administrators have already gone to court to get what was known as a perfection of appointment, which means that Lawrence Bassini couldn't challenge their appointment if, oh, God. if he won his court case. There's there's one thing that we haven't really discussed too much, but no, you know, <laughs> well, it's not so much. I've 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 written it, but it's just yeah. it gets lost in the sea of facts, unfortunately. Of and there's so many alternative facts out there to use a Trumpism. Um, you know, it, it it's just it's it's just ridiculous. The amount of misinformation out there is just crazy, and you, you get the, you get to the point where if you know, I saw like the EFL statement came out on Friday night, and people are disputing it. And you're thinking if people are disputing statement by the EFL, what bloody chance have you got of, get, of actually getting the truth of anything at all? Nobody believes in the truth anymore. That's the that's the bottom line. I think nowadays it's it's just all a grey area, isn't it? Nobody believes it, so it can't be right. It's, yeah, no, of course. Uh, I think we've got one specifically for you that the uh, Chris Manning, uh, an, an ex writer of ours, Steve Connolly. Um, he's asking you. I think it might be an inside joke. At this I'm not sure I understand it. Shouldn't a meat of potato pie cost more than a cheese and onion pie? I think there's, there's quite there's quite a few things you've got to take into account there. Not only the, the the rising cost of dairy products, but also things like intolerances and allergies, which I believe is much higher amongst those who are intolerant of dairy products than those who prefer the more straightforward meat and potato pie. I hope that answers your question, Steve. There you go, Steve. I'm, I'm sure you'll understand that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I miss him. Tell him to come back. I will do. <laughs> Um, not sure who's written this one. No, it's a little bit of a different Twitter account. But which players do you think can stay in the team immediately once the takeover happens and, and new seniors come in? I mean, I think if, if it all got sorted, then the ones under contract could just remain. I, I presume I'm right in saying, and then they could just resume business as usual. Well, for the for the seniors that existed, um, I, 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 I think so. I'm right in saying that. But, I yeah. guess so. I mean, to, to touch on the game ever so slightly, I I really enjoyed it on Saturday. I, I I you know I obviously felt for the lads having to go through all that uh, all that nonsense while they were trying to do the best on the pitch. But from a, a fan perspective, you know, give me that over what we had to put, go through the last two years, any any day of the week, mm-hmm. you know, for the various reasons that we had to go through all that shit aside. Um, I just thought the atmosphere was was was, was excellent. I thought the, the endeavour of the players was second to none. Um, but undoubtedly, it's a step too far now. Uh, harking back again to the point we made half an hour ago about whether they should have started the season or not, I think it's proof now that it's it's too much. And so we either stop playing or the takeover goes through. It's got to be one or the other now. Yeah, I'd said at full time that I think I'm just completely against them playing again until it's all sorted. And I'm glad that you know that the administrators were, were of the same opinion, to be honest with you, because I couldn't physically watch them be put through any more any more unnecessary uh, pain and, and torture than they have been. You know, credit to, to the way that they've they've, you know, handled themselves and, and conducted themselves rather 
they're all this, you know, can can only appreciate their efforts in that, and I'm sure it's just one step too far, I think, to to expect them to keep playing. So, um, I mean, Mark, yeah, your obviously match reports and player ratings reflected that highly. I mean, uh, just to talk football purely for a second, are there any of those lads that particularly stand out to you as, as real future talents? I mean, I'm I'm sure it's well recognised mm. that you know Ronan Darcy, Dennis Politic when he's fit and. And and so could could go on to be you know real genuine you know stars and Zuma another obviously a fan favourite. So any any of your opinion particularly? Uh, um, yeah, I mean I, I think there's there's a couple there that you'd, you'd like to see a full season in the 23s. I mean Sonny Graham's been been decent I think in 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 his performances. Um, King you know, Harms, like his name is the pub as well. King Harms, yeah, again, really, you know, he, I thought he was very good on on Saturday when when he got a chance to get on the ball. Um, but I think the the sad truth is that there's not many of them that are ready for for this level of football. That's that's mm. it. And even even Politic and, and Darcy in a normal team would only be you know coming in in fits and starts and you know wouldn't be starting every week. Um, mm. As romantic as it is to say, you know, Zuma's going to come and be a centre-half, he's not that level. He's just not. No. Um, I don't think... Uh, Liam Edwards, actually, I thought he had a very good first couple of games. I'd like to see a bit more of him uh, once he gets um, once he gets fit again. Um, he's, you know, the physicality aspect, he, I think he's, he's got that. But I think the majority of them, they, there's a very good under-23s team there. If those lads can go up there and then show that at that level, then... You know, maybe they do progress, but I just found found Saturday probably the hardest match report I've had to write back in a long time, mm. in a long time because I just didn't have there was nothing really to comment on. It just it was just so sad. It was just so sad to see it happening, and 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 you know the lads given given everything, you can't fault them for a single second. But there was nothing you could criticize or comment about really because yeah. it it was just an exercise in futility. Yeah. There's a lot of people who sat around me going crackers at the Ipswich players, accusing them of being over physical, accusing them of being dirty, blah blah blah. Yeah. I, and I was just thinking, in, in, as the game wore on, it's not, it's not like in any any way at all. It, it's them being professional, them being clever. It doesn't really take a great deal for an experienced League One centre half to to nudge and, with the greatest respect, um, Demario Brown, Sterling, Sterling Brown off the ball. It, it's not his fault. He's, he's, a, he's a kid. I wouldn't expect him to be able to do that. And, Exactly, and, and Tramier have shown everybody the way how to do it without really teams expending that much effort. And it's not us feeling hard done to. It's, it's a sad, it's a physical fact that our lads just can't compete at that level. Not no, fair. Absolutely, it, it wasn't fair, and I, I'm, I'm not sure you can blame Ipswich for, for being overly carried away or anything. I know there's that quite apt, uh, you know, clip of, of, of the Michael Owen thing of him saying, "Well done, he's 13." That's, that's that's come to mind quite a few times this season when we've been conceding. But uh, nevertheless, I'd you know, to do that. Well, if if we had the shoes on the other foot, I'd expect Bolton to do that. Yeah, get in the faces, rough, rough them up a bit. That's the the best way to get three points, which is all they care about. They're not they're not there with the best will in the world to do any favours for Wanderers. They're just going to look after number one, and I'd expect us to do exactly the same. Were we in that boat too? No, of course. I suppose you look at so the two players they lost through injury a couple of weeks back. And obviously, you, you don't know for sure this, these results might have gone the same way even with them, but losing Edwards and Politic was, uh, was a big loss. I mean, but I'm thinking Liam Edwards' first two and a half games, three goals conceded, then the two and a half games since 10, 15. Mm. So, yeah. Maybe yeah. not 15, but certainly uh, pretty close, maybe maybe 14 or something like that. But he's obviously been a big loss. And I, I do like Politic. I think he, you know, he looks like he can make things happen. Now, obviously... Like 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 you were saying, it's probably too early to expect him to play every game. I can see how in it in a round of a, a, you know squad of senior players, he could be a very useful impact sub at this point to yes. bring on and make things happen uh, if we can get a team together. And then hopefully he can he can be a good impact sub for the rest of the season and progress from there. But I, I think he's got something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's good to know more than anything that if it does get sorted, then we've we've certainly got a bright future ahead of us in terms of you know bringing some more talent up through through the academy. I know we've always been been well you know respected in terms of where in terms of that, but you know it's good to see that it, that it still existed and that and that on the basis that the club can can survive, then then so will they, and and it will just keep 
keep filtering through and it, it would be great to, to see some of the young lads feature more prominently throughout the season should we should we be able to compete so uh, yeah I, th- I think to be honest lads we'll leave it on on, on that positive note on the basis that you know the, the last question I was going to ask was, was on uh, was on the Ken Anderson topic but I just realised how daft the, the question was so yeah um, I think we'll leave it there I mean it, it's been a thoroughly enjoyable episode to say it's uh, you know it, it possibly 24 hours from from the worst possible news we could would receive but I think we've come out of this fairly optimistic that you know, something should be done, or, or in some format, we won't face the uh, the threat that we've that we've been faced with. But uh, yeah, just wanted to, to thank everyone sort of for, for joining us tonight. Um, Chris Flanagan, where can where can people find you on on social media these days? And uh, yeah, on Twitter at uh, C Flanagan FFT. Perfect, Mark. If people are living under a rock, where can they find you? <laughs> find me uh, on Twitter at Mark Hiles, but I'd rather they didn't. <laughs> Brilliant. I and mean, Chris, I know you're not on Twitter, but go on, tell them where, if anywhere, um, they can find you. Nowhere, but I just want to say, um, if it's the last ever podcast, it's been terrific. Oh, don't, 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 <laughs> you put us a lot of a job in. Right. When we start the Charlie FC website in two weeks' time, mate, then we can uh, we can look to reconvene. I've already applied, mate, and one step ahead of you. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so yeah, it's been it's been a great episode. You can find me on a uh, WI1LJ on Twitter and uh, on my ramblings on online Vienna Street uh, website as well. Uh, leaves a review on the podcast, five stars and nothing less. And uh, yeah, I think that if there's nothing else uh, left to add, gents, then uh, it's time to say goodbye. To say goodbye, Chris Manning. Goodbye, Chris Manning. Goodbye, Mark Howes. Goodbye, Mark Howes. Goodbye, Chris Flanagan. Goodbye, Chris Flanagan. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for listening. Set, lap, V.